a lot of negativity happening in special education right now, but I've asked our guest to bring us three things that she loves about her classroom. I'm excited for us to have a conversation with Bree today. Welcome to the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Witcher, and Bree, thank you for being here today. Of course. I have been so excited to speak with you, Catherine. So, you know what, let's, let's just start like we do every podcast here and say, how did you end up at an IEP table? I ended up at an IEP table. Um, so technically my first year of teaching, my very first student, my very first meeting, but we didn't have like mock IEP meetings in college. So that's just kind of how I ended up there. So you just jumped in as a professional, like you're just like, I'm here, I'm, I'm yes. going to go for it. <laughs> Yeah, so in my teacher prep program, um, I actually did, so in Georgia, we call it interrelated or it's more co-teaching. So it was like more of like a co-taught setting. I was doing my mock IEPs and, and then I jumped into a whole nother realm. Um, I decided to go the more self-contained route. So I was doing more modified, not uh, modified, I am so sorry, more adaptive um, curriculum or more students with moderate to severe disabilities. Those kind of um, IEP sounds like, okay, different worlds here, different worlds. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I want everybody to hear that. Like, so for the teacher who thought like, did my school miss something? Like, I just, right? <laughs> like, no, that that's how it is. And for, for the parents who are like, do these schools even teach these teachers? No, they don't. They're learning no. on the job. <laughs> nope, we are. And even um, just, I want to share this really quick. Um, last year, I was talking to my OT and she thought that we have like a guide to go by from college. And I was like, no, I know how to write a well-written IEP, thankfully because of the first school I worked at, you know, they were really hardcore about it. And I came to this new program and she was like, y'all don't really learn that in school. I said, no, not really. She's like, wow. Like, and then she had a whole change perspective. So not even service providers know what we do. Like they don't even know that we don't, <laughs> we don't even know. I so agree. I mean, when I tell people, you know, back in the day when I got my certificate, it was considered five different certificates and special ed said all these different like areas of, of expertise. And so I get a bachelor's, I get a master's, I get these five different teaching certificates. And I, I had like one law class, like, you know, special ed law kind of thing oh, no. back in like sophomore year. And I was like, no, like this, I don't know. Like, we're just really learning on the job. Um, that being said, you know, we're going to bring three positive things, but before we get into these, like three things that you love about your classroom or your job and that, I want you to share with everybody what happened last week. You were just telling me what happened last week and kind of where you're at in your position. Cause I want other people to know they're not alone. Yes, y'all. I'm from the South. So I'm saying y'all. <laughs> y'all. Um, we had a teacher who was really burnt out and she decided to leave her position very suddenly. Um, I love her and she's my friend, but she just, she left. So right now I'm holding down the K through two classroom, which is my original class, as well as the third through fifth classroom as well. Um, mainly the paperwork, the IEPs, but I'll kind of talk more about that when we talk about what I love because that's not an issue, but just letting everybody know that, you know, you're not alone or you're your favorite, you know, teacher influencers going through it too, you know, social media is a highlight reel. <laughs> so, <trust laughs> absolutely. Me. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And that's why, you know, I've been talking a lot about staff shortages and what it is like, it's yes. not pretty and, and we have to get through it and we don't need to throw people under the bus to get through it. Like there's, there's options, there's things. Um, there's another podcast episode on that. For those of you who are listening, I'm like, what are those options and things? I do have three things that you can do through staff shortages um, just to help kind of bridge this gap that we're going through. But let's go ahead and jump in here. What is one thing that you love about your classroom or your job? 
So um, just to segue from the point we're just talking about, I love writing IEPs. It is hilarious because um, I've always said, like, if there's a job where, I mean, I love working with the kids always, but if there's a job eventually in the future where I can just write the IEPs and hold the meetings, you know, kind of observe the child every now and again, because of course I want to see the child review the data and implement it, um, implement it in the IEPs written for the teachers. And yeah, so totally like, it brings me joy to know it's a well-written IEP that it's done correctly. And um, it's very like, just very clear because um, the thing that I got mainly from undergrad was, you know, anybody should be able to pick up your IEP and read it, whether they move to to Europe, because I've had students come from out of the country, or if they go to Hawaii, or even if they go to the, the county right next to you, they should be able to pick up that IEP and read it and know, okay, this is my student. This is where we left off. This is where they were kind of going. Now let me kind of jump in from there. Yeah. Um, I love that you love writing the IEP. <laughs> I know. That was not my thing. Um, <laughs> as in, I loved a well-written IEP. I don't know if I loved writing them as much as you did, but I love the leadership part of getting all the ideas together for the IEP. Mm. So, um, so we need great people like you that are like, okay, let me, let me construct this document then to reflect all of the good ideas, because that is where a lot of things get lost in translation, right? We have a lot of great yeah. ideas, but if the IEP is not written correctly, it, it doesn't. Then not what happens to it? Yeah. What <laughs> happens to it? Um, my OT and I love her. We work so well together. I remember um, we had three meetings last week. I was picking up some from the other teacher near the classroom, I mean, and um, I was like, yeah, I was reviewing the data and I was reviewing this on this student because mind you, I don't really know this student, but I'm trying to, you know, help run this meeting. And she was like, oh, Miss Shoulders, you are right on point with that. And I said, yes, yes, we are right on point. So now we can continue on with the meeting and tell the parents this and where we're going with this. So yes, yes, yes. I do enjoy writing them. It's so important. We need people like you in the field. All right. So give me something else. Give me a second thing that, that you love, that you want people to know it's a good thing. Um, so the second thing that I really love is in my classroom, I really like having like my schedule this year, my schedule is really working out well. So I have two block rotations and I have like a group A and a group B and group A is doing all their academics while group B is doing their independent work. So I really love pushing the independence, independent part in my classroom, like, okay, you can play with your Play-Doh, you can do your blocks, you can do your worksheet, if, you know, if they're able to, you can do this task box. I just really love seeing my kids get to the point where I taught them, and then now we can move to the independence, and then my second rotation, group A and group B switch, the group B is doing their learning part, and group A, they're either going to gen ed, or they're coming back and doing some independent work, so, oh, scheduling, I love when my schedule works out, but I do not like making it. So. <laughs> there were there's always all these quotes on Instagram and stuff right when when teachers are trying to put together like for every time you redo the schedule you like lose 10 years <laughs> yes yes but I love when it works out when it finally works out it's like a whew, breath of fresh air so I'm like yes because it keeps me going too like I know I have this in the morning this here I have a little break here keeps me keeps me on track here Yes. And you know what I, I love about that too, is you're being very intentional about what the students are doing during the time that they're not with you. And that's a huge yes. piece of being a special education teacher is building this independence. And parents, I want you to hear this really loud and clear. If you are struggling with things like, oh my gosh, I can't even cook dinner because my child needs yep. my attention hundred percent of the time. Like that's what a teacher can do is exactly what Bree just said. Like tell your teachers so they can help promote independence in the classroom that can be generalized to home 
Yes, and that's exactly why I like doing it because um, last year I had my rotations where I had like a 10 minute independent station. And this year I was like, well, well, last, so I reflected. So last year I noticed that I had a lot of kids that like to play marble run in my classroom or games, um, Play-Doh, go to the play center. And they would do it for a good 30 minutes when we had our free choice time. And I said, hmm, now if they can do it 30 minutes during free choice time, all of them, I wonder if I can incorporate that with my rotations. We can still get learning done. We can still have our one-on-one time that, that maximizes one-on-one time. And then I thought, hmm, maybe I can tell parents what you just said, Catherine, because it's true. If you can set a timer at home, if you can set a schedule at home, your child knows this during this time for these 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, we'll be working on independent. Even if you have to make a picture, these 10 minutes are played up. This 10 minutes is video games. This 10 minutes is just chill out, take a break. They're learning how to relax. Because sometimes our kids don't know what that means. Like, hey, sometimes we don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, trust me, trust me, trust me. Me neither. I'm the perfectionist teacher. I'm raising my hands for those who are listening. Perfectionist teacher. I do not know what relaxing is fully, but I'm getting there. Yes, yes, yes. I'm like, oh man, we need that. Like 10 minutes. I need 10 minutes to read a book. I need 10 minutes to drink some tea. I need 10 minutes for this. But yeah, that's a life skill. That's a long life skill. All right. Hit us with another thing. Hit us with one last thing that you want to make sure everybody knows is joyful or good that you love about your classroom. The third thing is I love communicating with my parents. Um, I know that's not possible for every situation. So you do have to gauge that and have discernment. However, though, I have some parents, um, parent relationships where it's like, it is so wonderful. I love telling parents like, hey, you know, the goal might be sitting for 15 minutes, but hey, this happened five minutes today. This was so awesome. Um, or hey, I saw so-and-so playing in close proximity with the student. They weren't interacting, but they let another student near them. Hey, I just want to let you know, your child made me laugh today. I, I always do that. I send something funny, like your child made me laugh or sending a picture because parents want to know that their child is coming to a classroom that they love and they feel trusted in and I even have a student who says he'll say um I go home no what does he say every day he says I go to school with my shoulders and then I go home nothing else (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like okay (laughs) yes yeah I love the laughing one I love that It, it gave me kind of flashbacks to Um, It was my first full year teaching where it was my classroom on my own. And there was a parent who was quite honestly, she was worried that her child was um, just very demanding to me, like always wanted my attention, always one of those things that I said, oh no. I said, we have developed a relationship that we have like this, we have jokes that go on. And like, he knows <laughs> when he knows when he's allowed to kind of like push my buttons and, and, you know, we can have, I said, and then he knows when it's time to work. Like he can like yep. turn it on and off. And she was like, no. And I was like, yes, like, yes. It's funny. I said, <laughs> what he needs from me is attention. And he knows how to get it now in a positive way where we have this great relationship. And the parent was like, uh, okay. I've never heard that before about my child. And like, that's what you're telling me is you're, you're telling these parents some things that maybe they've never heard before mm-hmm. or different ways of how they do it. Um, I have one student who, I don't know if, you, if y'all have heard of among us, but he'll like, Miss shoulders, you're so sus. And I'm like, no, you're so sus. And he's like, no, I'm not sus. <laughs> yes. I've never played among us, but they just love to joke and they love, and it's so nice to share that. And it's funny when parents are like, oh, I didn't know he could do that. Or, oh, I hear it at home all the time. Like, yes. <laughs> so it's nice to hear that generalization too. 
Yes. And for those of you that are, <laughs> that are thinking like, first of all, what's sus, just Google it. It's a thing. Yes. Um, I, ha I have kids. I know what, I know what sus is. Um, and it, it is quite funny. It's like, you know, cause that now it's, it's common terms, you know, my, yeah, my like, kids will say things like, you know, I got this text, but it was kind of sus. So I wasn't yep. like, okay, all right. I had to learn that one. Um, but we do have a podcast episode here with, um, Eric who, um, look it up guys. It's about technology, about using technology and common terms that are used in technology, like with video games to help reach speech goals and to help build communication mm -hmm. in there. So make sure that if you're hearing this, that you go look up that episode with, um, Dr. Eric, who talks about speech and communication and how to reach those goals. So Brie, I just want to thank you for taking, you know, some time out of your heavy work schedule. And I know that's an understatement. Okay. We're going <laughs> to heavy work schedule right Thank you, now. Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> to, to really share some of the joy and the good things that, you know, everything that you talked about doesn't take a whole lot of time or, or your own money to do it. It's, it doesn't have to be perfect, but um, it can build relationships with students and parents and trust. And I, I love that so much. So thank you so much again for bringing your wisdom to our Inner Circle listeners. Thank you for having me, Catherine. All right, everybody, just so you know, I'm going to put all the links where you can find Brie, go follow her on Instagram. That's where her and I met. Super fun. Um, if you are thinking about becoming a master IEP coach, or you want to know how to access special education experts, look for the links above or below wherever you're listening to this, and you'll find all the resources you need to take your special education skills to the next level. Bye, everyone.